0: Hello, and welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast, Monday edition. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Witt, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place, joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Howdy, y'all. We just went on a mission to unplug a smoke detector in my house. This little thing's been chirping. Because it was chirping away. And if you were able to hear that, there is a thunderstorm approaching my house right now as well. It's been happening all day, off and on. This is going to be a noisy podcast. We'll do what we can do. Do What we can do. There's a lady walking. She is bold, man. You know, there's been some mornings where I'll be running and a thunderstorm rolling. I'm fine with it raining. I've gotten past that point. I used to be afraid of the rain. I would look out and be like, oh, it's raining. I don't need to run. Now it's like, what's the worst that happens? Well, you get wet. Okay. Uh, I've worked through that. But. Sometimes there's some scary-ass lightning down yeah, here. Yeah, you're
1: kind of trying to get home at that
0: point. You're trying, yeah, you're running real damn quick mm-hmm. because some, especially some of the places I run and it's just wide open. And I am super sketched out when I'm in the middle of a thunderstorm.
1: I don't mind if I'm like running and it starts raining, but I struggle to make myself go if it's already raining.
0: Yeah, see, I've just, I've wired myself to be sick in the head now. Like, I'm just doing it, whatever. Me and, me and Benjamin, like mm-hmm. the good old Jocko. Jockoism. You look outside and it's rain. You're like, good, good. <laughs> Let's get some. Let's get some. <laughs> yeah. So we're coming off of the uh, Build with Team meeting. Mm-hmm. We just had that in Nashville, Tennessee. Ton of fun. It's a pretty special time. I gotta say, pretty special. You know, this is a good place to cover what we just talked about on the internal podcast. the The good old uh, construction field exercise we did. Yeah. So. Got to talk about it. We did a field exercise. Mm -hmm. We did, to explain what we did, we wanted to give our team, we wanted to do two things. We wanted to give our team a greater sense of appreciation for the dirt world. Yeah. We tell the stories of the dirt world. We are some of the dirt world's biggest fans, uh, but a lot of people on our team don't have dirt world experience, which is a good thing. We don't, if everybody was dirt world experts, we wouldn't get a whole lot done. Yeah we'd
1: be a great gr- grading contractor, but that's not what we do. Yeah, why would we be doing what we're doing ins- instead of just another excavation company or something like that?
0: Exactly, yeah. So so, so industry experience is, is super valuable, but mm-hmm. our whole team obviously can't have it. And um, so that was one. Two, we just wanted to do a fun team building activity. Yeah. So what we did was we came up with uh, having two teams basically lay some pipe connected to a uh, uh, structure to a, a pond. The pond went away pretty quick. We had to change the plan on the fly, mm-hmm. but it was a really good time because it was, uh you know, we'd, we'd give the team some plans. We would assign everybody. You might be a, a foreman or a laborer or an operator, whatever it may be. And we got to see everybody come together and try to build something. We, there's a lot of room for improvement. It was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but we wouldn't have figured that out if we hadn't done it in the first place. Yeah. We did our best, mm-hmm. and um, I think it was still super valuable for our team. Some people got to run skid steers. We had some mini excavators there. Thank you to Thompson yep. Machinery. Thanks to Seth Wharton for offering up his land to yeah. do it. We needed land. That was awesome. Last minute, and he mm-hmm. said, sure, come on down. So we got to tear up his uh, the land right by his house, which was <laughs> super cool. Um, but the, the the funny thing was, we just talked about this. We just got wrecked on the internet.
1: Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of comments and things that said, like, this is really, really cool.
0: There were a well lot of comments. Posi- yes. you
1: know, a lot of that. Of course. That's not who fi- we're talking You always about.
0: fixate on the
1: assholes. Oh, yeah. If 99 people said I did a great job and one person said I'm not so sure, I would believe that I'm not so sure person. That's, that's the guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was... Um, see, I, I'm i going to post about this on the internet. I'm I'm all for getting shit on the internet. Sure, it it only makes me more powerful.
1: <laughs> I've seen what makes you cheer. It <laughs> and means that's, nothing to me.
0: I mean, that's why the skid steer is looking like a cow. Yeah. Because I I, it's one. It's funny. I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I get in it with a big smile on my face every single time. The smile would not be as big if it were yellow. Yep. Uh, and it would look like everything else. I did it because uh, lots of people are talking about it. And if it were just a normal two fifty nine not that many people would be talking about it. Yeah. but I also did it because it would piss people off. Sure. I very much enjoy people getting upset, yeah, because there's Fine. a lot of people that take themselves a little too seriously. That said, <clears throat> these these people got annoyed, and I think it's just indicative of a of a bigger problem, and that's you know we're we're we are just trying to gain an appreciation for what these people do. We weren't trying to learn how to effectively lay pipe. We weren't saying we work harder than anybody else. We weren't trying to make it all that realistic. Yeah. We we're trying to make it realistic enough for people that had never done it before. Uh, and yet there's people that <clears throat> point all that stuff out like, it's not realistic. Or these people look like they've never worked. Or look at all those, you know, brand new vests like, yeah, yeah. I hey, guess why they look brand new? Because <laughs> they are. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so odd that and I get it. There's this huge sense of pride in the industry, but it's like there's there's no room for anything else. Yeah. It's you're either this this big tough guy who digs ditches for 12 hours a day or 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 nothing. We just talked to talk to David about engineering. Mm-hmm. David's not busting his ass in the field every single day, but he's essential to every construction project he works on. Cause if you don't have plans on a project, you're not doing a whole lot. Yeah. There are so many people behind the construction industry that don't aren't necessarily in a ditch that are essential to the construction industry. Do those people like getting paid? Do they like paychecks? Probably. How does that happen? Not someone in a ditch every day. Yeah. Someone in an office working payroll to make that a reality. And 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 I know it's all we all are here to support quote unquote the frontline troops, the people in the field. That's what we're here to do. We're here yeah. to tell the stories of the people out in the field primarily. But everybody's important at the end of the day. And it's I am just it's super frustrating that when we try to try to learn, try to gain a greater sense of appreciation, people are there to just shit on us. Mm-hmm. And that it, it doesn't piss me off for, for us. It pisses me off for the sake of the industry because the biggest problem is attracting more people to the dirt world. Yep. So if people are trying to listen or, or learn and and they're not very good at something, but they're trying to improve and you're just shitting on them. Why should they stay around? That sucks. And maybe yeah. that's how you were brought up. That doesn't mean that's that's how this generation should be brought up. Too. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you need to treat everybody else like shit if you were treated like shit. Did you like being treated like shit? Probably not.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I'm not big on that.
0: No, it it just it, it drives me nuts. I think I think it's it's a a big problem. And I, I'm all for giving people a hard time. All for it. I think that's an essential part of this world. Yeah, but at the, there's 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 a fine line to that. And sometimes you're just being an asshole.
1: And these people, they were just being assholes. I just struggled to understand, like, oh, well, let me back up. There are trolls on the internet. And it's fun to be a troll. Like, I get that. That's awesome. But I just didn't really understand what was to be gained by, like, trying to come out build wit for doing something like this. I just don't get it. There's, like, it was, there's nothing to be gained. It was fun. It was interesting. Um, you know, there were so many people who'd never been in a machine before who got to like scoop up big piles of dirt and pour it in a trench. They'd never done that before. Yeah, You know, and who are now like posting on a Slack and like, Hey, do y'all have a a picture of me doing that? That was so much fun. Like I I wanted to show my husband or my wife or whatever. Like, yeah, like that's why we do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and you were talking about, um, we want to, bring more exposure to this industry. We want to expose more people to the work that's being done out there. I don't know. I, I just think there's a lot of value in trying to put our people in, you know, those, those shoes for, for a day. I mean, what, what are we supposed to do? I'll quit working for build and go get a job with one of our partners for a year. It's a new, that's a new build. Like maybe that's what we're doing. Required to work for a partner in just, the
0: field as yeah. a laborer for a year.
1: You just can't, you can't, Make everybody happy. you can't impress everyone, you know? No,
0: no, but it was just I just got wound up about it because I think it's indicative of a greater problem, and it's just mm-hmm. these closed-minded assholes that give, give these these people trying to learn a, a, an absurdly hard time. They're just trying to or, or I posted a picture of, of me and my here. and people were like, "Wow, he, he sucks. Yeah, that's the point. I do suck. I am terrible at running a skid steer, yeah. but I am in the seat trying to learn how to run. How do you learn how to run a machine? You spend time in the seat running the machine. Yep. You don't watch a fucking video. Yeah. So it, it it it's just, but the funny thing is the best operators I've met, they're not the ones bullying people on the internet. True. So if, if you're saying you suck as an operator Unless it's Garrett Wilson. on the internet, well, but he, he, he was, he was giving us grief <laughs> on know. my post to just, to be funny. To be funny. I, yeah, I, yeah. I get Garrett. Like, you know what he means
1: and Yeah. You know, his,
0: he was trying to be funny. He yeah. wasn't being disrespectful. Like he was he was on the right side of that line, like mm-hmm. busting our balls a little bit, which is great. I I'm the number one fan of that. Um, but but Garrett is not going around telling people they suck as operators on the internet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's a very talented operator. And he's not he's not just being an asshole to be an asshole. He really cares about teaching people and yeah. if they want to learn, he'll teach them. So if you see an operator commenting on how to run equipment more effectively on the internet, run, don't take advice with them.
1: Is at least my experience. That's fair. Should that be the tagline for build it? Build it. If you see somebody talking about, or if you see an operator on the internet talking about how to run a machine, don't listen. Go the other way. Yep. There you go. Pretty much. Well, outside of that, all right, the rest of our team meeting was also pretty cool. Kick
0: ass. Mm-hmm. Kick ass. We had so much fun. We some of us went to Broadway, which was a, a lot of a lot of fun. We had a happy hour at our, our office yeah. with the whole team. So that was the first time most of the team actually saw the office together, mm-hmm. which was really, really cool. Um, we had Rich DeVinny speak to the group. Crazy. That was awesome. Yeah. This guy uh was in the SEAL teams, helped with the selection process of you know the most elite. SEAL team, military team on, on earth. Yeah. And we met with him, our leadership team did for, for the day. And he agreed to stay late, later than he was required to, to speak to the whole team, which was
1: awesome. It was so low key and really interesting. You know, he stood up there with a beer or whatever. And oh man, I that was just such a, I don't know what I expected because I saw that he was going to like speak at our happy hour dinner thing. I'm like, what's this even going to look like? And it was awesome.
0: Yeah. It was rad. Well, you think Navy SEAL, you're going to think this big, muscly guy with tattoos kicking indoors. Most of See, them he are... He's a
1: pretty jacked dude. He's, he's a bigger guy. He's a big guy.
0: But if he walked past you on the street, you wouldn't think, yeah, true. that guy's a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. That's true. I buy that. Pretty pretty nondescript. Yeah. and And I think that's the point. They want to blend in. They don't want to look like... And that's not what they're looking for. They're not looking for the most physically jacked specimens that's not as and, and we t- talked to us about so that was that was really cool we had Marcus Sheridan talking to us about uh, they ask you answer uh it's messaging storytelling he was just on the dirt talk podcast which is super cool if you haven't listened to
1: that check it out um, because he gave us a great talk mm-hmm. uh, he was amazing because he did it from his home and we had set up a camera for him to be able to see the room and we had a microphone that he could hear you know if we were asking questions he could hear us on and so he would say to our the moderator who was was skylar who works with us he was handing the mic to people he'd say skylar give the mic to somebody else you yeah. get their name And he'd like dial right in on them and ask them some questions and it's the first thing i thought was like this guy's an expert at all of this like he has dialed this in but it was so compelling the whole time because it's like he really knows this stuff. He really cares about this stuff. And it was like, there was a lot of value there and it was pretty cool. Yeah. I um, This meeting was really cool for me because it was,
0: you, you get to compare it to past meetings. Yeah. Past meetings we met in
1: the office, but it was completely unfinished. Mm-hmm. Not a just- single bit of work was done. And we rented just like a bunch of big tables and each person got their own table. You know, is was yes. very
0: spread out. We rented tables and chairs. Mm-hmm. The office was dusty, no heat or anything. It was cold. In December in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, we just got like boxed lunches, super low key. We had a great time. Yeah. But then you go to this meeting and there's over twice as many people. We're having a whole field exercise, which is a ton of fun. We're going, you know, having dinner on Broadway with the team. We're having Rich DeVinny talk to us. We're having Marcus Sheridan talk to us. We're having a ton of great discussion at the at the hotel with everybody, we just we just had a great time.
1: Yeah, and you know, I, I think something that really has that stands out to me now when I look back to last week was the kinds of conversations we were having as a in, a full company. We were missing a couple people, but yeah. for the most part, you know, multiple times you really opened the floor up to say like, you know, what where else have we failed this year or Where do we think we can get better? And that—that's you don't put those sorts of conversations on a syllabus for the day. No, that's like we all just want to be here. We want to grow together as a team, and we want to have hard conversations. And we did, like that was awesome, really valuable.
0: Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff you want to do face to face. I one of the biggest, like one of the biggest problems we've had as a business is we just don't have. The relationships we need with one another. We don't have the trust with one another because everybody's new mm-hmm. and it just takes time. It takes, it takes FaceTime. Uh, and, and so that's why this uh, meeting was so important to me was it gave us the FaceTime as a business. Real face time We've desperately needed yeah. and has been the, the basis of a lot of our problems right now. And those discussions were really important too, because Dan and I, uh, the bill of leaders thing, it's, it's really pushed our business in good ways and bad ways. Yeah. And we we recognize we we screwed up. It's still it it's not on the product. The product's crazy yeah. cool. Crazy every time I go on build leaders, it's like, yeah,
1: this this is sick. We we pulled it off. It's awesome. And in each week it gets better.
0: It's it's only getting better. Mm-hmm. They they were having meetings all day today on how do we improve this thing and how we make the experience better. And we're getting all this feedback. It's so much fun to start iterating now. Um so, so we we did it. It's a success. It's a great, a great platform, great product. We're getting people on there every single day, new subscribers, super exciting stuff. but it it came at a cost. yeah. and and we we overextended our team substantially. and then we we asked probably more than we should have of our partners. And they're at a place where their patience is a little thin with us, Sure and and our even our teams their patience was a little thin with the company and, and leadership at times throughout the past 2 months and that um it's tough especially as a leader to know that some of the people were damn near at their breaking point mm-hmm. but it was a really good opportunity for for me Dan and others to say hey you know we we recognize we kind of screwed this up and how can we make sure this we don't screw it up next time mm-hmm. and not only that, but get genuine feedback in response in front of the entire group, and have a genuine discussion about how we, how exactly we screwed up, and what we could do better next time. Super, super cool, and very uh, indicative of just where we are as a business.
1: I think those sorts of conversations are almost impossible to have over the phone or like totally on our you know team calls because if If I was having like if I was really frustrated frustrated with how the process of a project that we just did went, and if you're saying, you know, I, even if you're taking ownership of that, you' like, i this did not go the way I wanted it to go. We need to do this better. I need to do this better in the future. If you said, does anyone want to weigh in? Does anyone have an opinion on that? It would be really easy for me on a call to just like mute myself and turn my camera off and just roll my eyes totally, But because we were all together, I think that empowered a lot of people especially seeing other coworkers colleagues peers friends kind of share what how they felt what they felt like went wrong what they felt like went right I I just I I was really encouraged and empowered I think to to share kind of my perspective on that in a way that it's just you don't get when you're not in a room together and the other thing I think it's interesting is you're talking about FaceTime, um, I think one of the biggest things that I gained from last week was I feel empowered to ask for that FaceTime from people I work with. You know, because it it sometimes does feel like an ask when we don't have like an easy place that we're all already gonna be. yeah. But like now, even this week, i've I've reached out to one of our videographers who lives in town who has a lot of production experience, Daniel. I'm like, I need to solve a couple things for the podcast from a video perspective, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll be there you later this week. Let's do it." And it's like, I don't really know him that well pre- previous to last week, so I I wouldn't have known or felt comfortable saying, "Hey, can you do this thing with me for me?" You know what I mean? <clears throat> and so, like, that's just like all that that like friendship capital you build by being with these people that you know you just aren't going to get over direct messages and phone calls. It just doesn't happen
0: yeah. And I haven't totally understood the value of that until the past few months. Like before, if we were meeting as a business, it's a, it's a huge expense,
1: mm-hmm. huge, sure. huge expense. Not even talking about the loss of like producing time. No, that's, that's, well, not that, even talking about that though. Well,
0: yeah, just, you know, hotel, food, yeah. travel, that's a lot of money. That stacks up. But then payroll is probably the bigger component yeah. of it Is is three days of payroll. That's a lot of money now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a massive expense. And it's tempting for me to look at it just from a financial perspective and say, hey, we need to generate a significant return here. So we need to do business stuff the entire time. We're yeah. going to do two days of business stuff. We're going to have all these discussions and we're going to roll stuff out and talk about goals and and all of this big stuff, which we've kind of done before, you know, before it was. The
1: one in December definitely felt a little bit more like work. Yes. Let's do, let's do the business. Yeah.
0: Um, Whereas this one, I intentionally said, let's, let's do what we need to. We had to do a few things here or there that I felt were were important in person, Mm -hmm. but let's, let's actually get rid of a majority of that. And let's just leave space to get to know one another and create relationships. Because I think that is, it's counterintuitive, but that's going to be better for everybody long-term if we just create space within this meeting to, to let the meeting go where it needs to go and to let these people just get to know one another. Yeah. So it seems like everybody everybody's just screwing around and just shooting the poop and, and messing around. There's a lot of value in that for us as a business. Mm-hmm. And I
1: didn't understand that until, until recently. I said last week that it felt like a family reunion where none of us had met, yeah, where it's like we we had like a lot of things in common that we all understood we had in common, and yet it was like you're it's still maybe feels a little awkward with certain people because it's like we've never actually been in the same room before
0: it did, but but at least for me, and I guess I've talked to everybody, so I'm in a little bit different a position it didn't I wasn't awkward once, and I'm a pretty
1: awkward person, I mean, just like. As comfortable Correct. sitting down and just chat, chit chatting with one person versus yeah. another, but 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 it's like
0: I I I I was actually surprised by how well the group got together, and I think that stems from our like our mission and values. We're all here to do the same thing, and we all believe in the same thing. Yeah, we all we all uphold this common set of values. So even if we're completely different people. Raised in completely different homes that believe completely different things, we still have this common ground yeah. that we wholeheartedly believe in, and that's and that's where we live at at the company. And I think that that bridges that gap so much faster than if you and I were just at this big corporation. We didn't give a shit about each other. We didn't know why we came to work other than a paycheck. Yeah, values, integrity, respect, safety on the wall could could care less about them. Could not care less about them. There you go. I always screw that one up. <laughs> uh, it, it's just, we have something common with one another yeah. on day one,
1: which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, we could go on and on. It was a great time. It's so valuable for our business. And um, it's also, like it's good to see your friends too. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, kind of attached to this, we, we mentioned office just about done. It'll be done mm-hmm. later this week, punch list next week. So, for anybody listening, if you're in Nashville starting August 9th, we'll be we'll be kind of moving in yeah. that week. But um, starting middle of August, feel free to stop by the office anytime.
1: Yeah. I mean, truly, like, I'm not kidding. Y'all know the email to reach out, dirtttalk at Like, shoot me an email. Shoot Alex an email. Say uh, you're on
0: the way, whatever. Yeah. Google buildwit. Our address is on the internet now. Uh, 1400 Adams Street in Nashville, Tennessee. Please stop by and come see the office. Everybody's like, ah, I don't know if I can, I can come by, but you know, maybe maybe if I get an invite, this no, 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 just just come by. It'll be it'll be open to the public, yeah. you know, Monday through Friday. So stop on by.
1: It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited to get like start getting all the podcast studio stuff set up. Yeah, you know, and, and we're really just a couple days away from me getting just get that moving. I think. Once we start having guests in there, it's just going to feel like a different ballgame. Totally different ballgame. I ball love game. it. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple questions. Do you like questions? I love questions. He likes questions, everybody. They're only getting better and harder to answer. All right. First question. This is from Luke from Australia. Good day. He starts the email with good day, which could not bring me more joy. That's such an Australian thing That's to so do. So good. Okay. So he says, we all know the dirt industry struggles to recruit and hold on to operators. In your opinion, would any of the American companies consider employing from outside the country? For example, sponsoring operators from overseas to come work for them.
0: If I were a contractor, I probably would at least look into it. I don't know how complicated that process is. And I'm afraid Afraid it's probably more complicated than it should be.
1: Is that something that happens though, or not really? It's really tricky. Mm-hmm.
0: It's really, really tricky. There's entire industries that rely on migrant workers. Sure. Um, like farming, for example. You can't do farming in the United States without migrant workers. Mm-hmm. Go go to any farm in California where a majority of our fruit's grown and a lot of stuff is grown. It's all migrant workers. Yeah. We wouldn't have farming and stuff to eat if it weren't for migrant workers, workers outside, from outside the United States. So it does happen, and, and whole industries are are made up of migrant workers, but in the construction industry, I don't think properly sponsoring people is something that is all that prevalent. At least I have not seen it all that much. Mm-hmm. However... It is amazing that how often I'm asked by people outside of the United States how to get a job in the United States. And it is amazing how often I have to answer them saying, I have no clue. I don't know. Yeah. It's a bummer because you have this this desperate need for a workforce in the United States. You have all of these people around the world wanting to come to the United States because this is a pretty damn good place to live. There's a lot of opportunity here you just wish you could easily connect those two dots.
1: Mm-hmm. You just you just wish you could. It does also feel like there are some industries and businesses that do bring in do legally bring in a lot of um, non-american born workers. There are I mean uh, like Disney, yeah, ho- Have you ever been hotels, a Disney hotels, hotels, yeah. yeah.
0: Hotels, uh, the hospitality industries yeah, big in for general, this too. I should say that. And they'll they'll actually sponsor people um, from you know, like Haiti, for example, mm-hmm. or the Dominican for for uh, certain periods of time, cruise ships they'll yeah, they'll, same come, thing. they'll, they'll yeah. only work for like six months a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, again, I don't. And there's this this whole thing's politically charged too. I'm a I'm a huge fan of immigration because I think it's a no brainer. This is how the, the country was founded based on immigration. Yeah, that's why the United States is. What it, is. what it is because of immigration. I don't know why it's such a big deal these days. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. You want it to be done right. You want there to be a process. You don't just want to be a free for all. Totally understand. Um, but yeah, it, it, it happens with a lot of industries.
1: Hospitality is probably the biggest one if I had to think. I mean, that's just the most obvious one to me. I mean, I can't think of another industry that does it the same way. So I just wonder if like... Food service. Yeah. I mean, you go into a kitchen well, in a lot sure, of places. For sure. It's mostly migrant workers for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I just wonder if there's like a certain um, infrastructure in place. The tech it, industry. Tech industry is another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just wonder, is it... Do certain industries... Or why do certain industries rely on that not others? And is it just... Is the, ind- the infrastructure not in place for the construction world to do that in the same way?
0: The infrastructure is not in place. And I think it's down to politics and lobbying. Interesting. The, the tech companies, hospitality industry, honestly, they probably just spend more money lobbying to get it set up for them. Mm-hmm. Construction industry spends very little money lobbying in general. Yeah. Um, so I, it probably just comes down to politics.
1: Yeah. It's just a weird thing. I think there would be a lot of value. I would think that there could be a lot of value in that if, if you're looking for experts, you know, expert operators or whatever.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, mm. there's still probably some obvious work to do, but just the whole immigration thing is so complex. We talked to Michael Bullock about that. Yeah. Uh, because he moved from Britain to mm-hmm. Australia. The
1: English Earth Mover.
0: Yes. And, um, he had one hell of a time trying to stay in Australia. Yeah. And that, that sucks. If you're, you're coming to Australia to work, Australia needs workers. Why is it that difficult? And we think like the term migrant worker, even it has such a negative connotation yeah. to it. It's just tough. That could be someone moving from Canada to the United States to work. Mm-hmm. That's a migrant worker. Like it doesn't mean they're coming from um, a developing nation or anything like that. We don't call
1: actors, migrant workers. N- no, but it's In a lot of ways, there's some similarities.
0: I, yeah. It. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, Luke, I appreciate you reaching out, man.
0: Yet another question answering, and I, I really don't know. I wish there was a better solution. Maybe there is a, a is a better solution. If you know of a good solution, send it to to it dot com so we can at least talk about it later. Yeah, please. <clears throat> but to mm. my knowledge. Most contractors are not doing anything of the sorts. Mm -mm. Uh,
1: All right. Next question from James. At least legally. Yeah. At least legally. There are
0: some shady contractors that are known to be, to do some shady things
1: in like the Southwest, Texas. Sure. That part of, yeah, it happens. All right. Next question from James. Uh, James has reached out to us before. um, And so, he, he has a pretty long question. It's, it's a little bit, it's like a story into the question, but I think you're going to hear the whole thing. Not that long. It's like two and a half paragraphs. All right. From James. Where I work, I am really trying to push for a better training program. I've been really working with our people about implementing a formal method of training. And when I talk about it to our people, they all think it sounds like a great idea until it comes time to actually implement it. At this point, I get your typical responses quote, we don't have time, or we do train. It's called on-the-job training. Or when I started, I had to learn everything and work my way up. Or that all sounds great when you're in the office, but it's different out here. And so on it goes. How do you and your partners typically get your superintendents, foremen, et cetera, on board with implementing a solid training program? From talking to our people, they're all hungry for it because they genuinely want to learn, but the people directly over them don't seem to believe it's necessary.
0: I, studying Jocko, I'm going to pull it from him. I think you need to make sure they understand why a training program is being implemented, how it helps everybody. And so make sure the why behind the training program is being communicated very clearly and get get them, get their help in developing the training program. Like, hey, and, and maybe it's something small. Maybe it's nothing dramatic at first, but maybe it's, how to help operators do better walk-arounds. So you go to your super who's, who's maybe being a little bit of a pain in the ass. Hey, Jeff, you know, would do you think, do you think maybe training some guys up on, on how to do a proper walk-around would, would help you out? You know, maybe uh, help with uh, potential equipment damage, downtime, this and that. Oh yeah. Yeah. How, how would you, how would you teach someone how to do a walk-around properly? And, and okay, yeah, that's a good idea. So, so what, you know, how do we, how do we teach, teach our, just involve them in the process, mm-hmm. I think, and, and, and start small. I, I don't know if implementing this massive training program right off the bat is, is, is a good thing. I would just go for the low hanging fruit first. So explain the why, involve them in how to implement, how to even do the training in the first place, yeah. how to implement it and, and, and start with the basics. And then once they, once they see the benefits of it, They'll probably want some more because their jobs are going to be operating more efficiently. Their people are going to be more productive. They're going to be making more money. Okay, good. This is a good thing. Let's get more of it. And they're probably going to be the ones coming to you. Hey, here's what we can train on next. So I think it's um, starting small, Yeah. working your way up from there. Explain the why. Involve people in in planning and creating the training from the beginning. Make it their idea and let it, let them do it their way. It doesn't have to be done in a formal manner. It doesn't have to be done your way. It doesn't have to be um, a whole hour in the office. Maybe it could be 10 minutes out in the field, like we've talked about. And we talked about this with Jocko. It doesn't have to be this, you hear training and you think, oh shoot, I have to shut the company down for a week or a day, or I have to get all my people in the office. No, you don't. You can do it out in the field. You can have Jeff, the superintendent, teach everybody on how to do a proper walk around the excavator 10 minutes before you start work.
1: Well, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Wally on the podcast and he talked a little bit about this. And he said when he was in the Marines, <clears throat> he said when he was in the Marines, they all were required to keep like a 15 minute class that they could teach to um, just their group that they were with. So that if there was, you know, a shipment was 15 minutes late or that they were going to go unload or whatever, that they all had like these opportunities for learning. And I've thought about that a lot since then because I that I think that goes exactly along with what you're saying, to where these this training, this educational thing doesn't have to be a big, gigantic home run swing that the company takes in order to realize the value of additional education or intentional training. Correct. That it can be. These intentional, like ten minute conversations that involve, um, you know, the people on your team, to 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 try to like increase everybody's understanding of the work they're doing. Yeah, and I just, I don't know that that just really stuck with me, and seems, I I well let me say this: I think a lot of things we talk about, and when it comes to you know how do we make the dirt world a better place, are a lot of those things are easier said than done. But I think what we're talking about right now. I don't necessarily know that that's one of those things. You could do it tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and that I hate to keep making all these connections with build leaders. Build leaders is a great place to start too. Yeah, because and especially I've talked to talked to foremen on there. They say, hey, that's a that's a great topic. I'm going to talk about that in my toolbox talk this week. And and even if it's just talking about a basic uh, leadership principle for five or ten minutes at a toolbox talk, guys are going to appreciate that. Shows them shows them you care. Teaches them something new, hopefully makes them better leaders, makes the job site more productive. It all starts adding on to itself over time. We did, we bit off probably more than we should have chewed uh, with our onboarding week. So we sure. implemented an entire week of onboarding, and we still have a long ways to go. It's it's not even close to being dialed in. We've only done it twice. There's you know a limited data set.
1: I got fired from my first job on the uh, onboarding week. Fantastic, it's cool. love yeah. it.
0: But it's a, it's a full week of nothing but just learning how the business operates. Mm-hmm. It's not anything about how their job functions. It's yeah. really about who BuildWit is and how we, how we operate. Um, and, and so we, we did the same thing. We have explained the why over and over and over again, explaining it once is not enough. And then we've tried to involve as many people in the business in it as possible. So invite different people in to teach different courses, and and allow them to teach it in their their own way. Yeah. So we've tried to get as many people involved as we can, let them do it their way, and then explain the why over and over and over again. And I think this is the same same principle.
1: I would also assume, and this is an assumption. This is not a, this is not backed up by data because I don't know the answer. I would assume that companies that are able to implement these little pockets of training that probably grows a little bit and and into the culture a little bit more. I would assume that they have less of an issue when it comes to employee retention. Yeah. I just, no shit. I just feel like when it, when it comes to struggling to implement these like training or educational systems, I would assume the pushback is not from people trying to learn, but it would be the people who'd have to teach it. Yeah. Right. But make it their idea.
0: Yeah. And that's the, it's the whole thing about what I'm learning about leadership right now. Is it's all about making it the other person's idea, yeah. appealing to the ego, for the for the sake of the mission and the team. If you know that training is important, it doesn't need to be your idea. Make it make it the superintendent's idea. Make him look really damn good with
1: training. Yeah, yeah. It's like because you're such an expert, it'd be awesome if you could talk about just how much an expert you are.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then and then you know if you're an office guy recognize them for their performance. Be like, Hey, you guys are, are really kicking ass on this project right now. Yeah. You know, whatever you guys have done differently, keep it up. Yeah. No, we've done training.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you call attention to those things.
0: Then you're positively reinforcing, you yep. know, they want to do it more and more. I think it's um like, as they said, it's, it's simple, but hard. Yeah. It sounds really simple. It's a little bit harder in practice, but uh, at least that's the tree I would try to bark up.
1: I like comparing the phrase simple but hard to easier said than done. Because simple but hard almost like... Same same thing. Hits me a little bit more, you know, like in the gut. Because I feel like that's how a lot of these things feel. It's like, yeah, it's really simple in terms of the what. But it's hard because sometimes the how. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, starting small... I think it's possible anywhere. How mm-hmm. well, about James? Thank you for reaching out, man. That was that's a good question. Super solid. Yep, and, and the fact that you're thinking about it and talking about it like that, I feel like you're on the right track. Yeah, and don't don't back down on it because mm-hmm. that's something that's completely essential. Uh, well, James, appreciate it, man. Uh, Aaron, the next guest on the podcast, Nick Drew. Nick Drew of Digger Man, blog? Digger
0: Man blog. Digger Man blog. Yeah, I've followed Nick's stuff for quite a while. A long time. Yeah, it, a long time. He's he's been at it way 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 longer than I have. Uh he's been he's been doing this for uh a long time and, and he's really made his way around the world at this point. He's he's seen a, an amazing amount of machines. So I've, I've followed his stuff for a long time and I thought it would be uh, a fun to have a have a chat with him about Machines and his travels and a lot of the same stuff I do he does. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be a really fun time.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah.
0: So I think that's a podcast episode, huh?
1: Yeah, Monday podcast episode.
0: Monday podcast. If you guys have any questions or something you'd like us to discuss, send it to Dirt Talk at buildwit.com. Alex will see it in his inbox. Yep, he'll eagerly read your note. I always do. He'll flag it for, oh yes, this is great content for the upcoming Monday episode of Dirt Talk. Yeah, we're worried about content around here. It's all about content, folks. And then (laughs) he'll sit here and read it to me. I will, and I will give you my best
1: shot at a probably poor thought, poorly thought out answer. So something that I've changed about how we do the write-up for the podcast is I no longer say um, Aaron answers questions like, and instead I say Aaron and Alex discuss topics or questions or whatever, like, and then list kind of what we've talked about. Because I don't, we're at the point now where these questions don't have yes or no answers or like there's a right way to do any of it. No, and that's... uh. What we're inviting to is, yeah, what would you like us to discuss? In inviting topics that have a lot of nuance. You know, we, we don't agree on everything.
0: Yeah, like we just got into the immigrant workforce, which I'm sure is it gets people riled up sure. from time to time, which I find um, quite quite fascinating because yep. I can I can see it somewhat clearly from both both angles, and I understand both sides of the coin there. But we'll see where that one goes. Mm-hmm. We'll give it to you. We're not afraid to answer stuff. Let's we'll lay it out. I'm not for yep. better or for worse. <laughs> so thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, and with that, we will see you on the next episode of Dirt Talk. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.